Welcome to a quick bevy with Swans fans, where each week Swans fans have 45 seconds to answer some burning bloods and footy related questions over a quick bevy or two. Today, Chris and I are joined by another special guest. Chris, do you mind introducing our special guest? Sure thing, Noddy. Today we have a brand new guest. This week we have a blue bagger to give us belligerent Swans fans some beautiful insight. Welcome to the podcast, Britt. Hi guys, thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Long. Um, and what are we drinking this week? So, Britt, before we get into the weekly Big Four questions, just a few uh, quick questions for you off the bat so we and the listeners can get to know a little bit about you. How did you come to be a footy fan? Uh, what is your favourite footy memory or moment? And who is your favourite footy player, either past or present? So um, I guess my connection to football is pretty strong. Um, so both of my grandfathers actually played um, in VFL. So oh. my, yeah, which is um, pretty cool pedigree. Um, yeah, that's my, like Tom Papley, I think. Right. It didn't really quite pass through to the next generation, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so my grandfather, Tom Simmons, um, played for Carlton and he played 27 games in the VFL around the late 1940s so it feels like a very long time ago um unfortunately had some knee injuries which kind of cut him back from his football and running career um but from kind of that my dad was very quick to get me into a blues jumper from day one so that's where um my kind of allegiance lies for the most part um but then my my mum's dad um Clem Goonan also played football and he played for South Melbourne um yeah which is pretty amazing um so he was in the the early 60s as a defender and a ruck rover um he scored two goals but we'll dispute that it's three um he can remember them very clearly um yeah (laughs) mark that down um and his favorite quote is to say that um he and adam goods have won two brownlow medals um between them while wearing the number 37 for the swans um Obviously, both are with Adam Goods, but yeah. that's mine. <laughs> yeah. And I think he has one of the best jobs in football now. He actually works at the MCG, um, so gets to watch football and get paid for it um, and kind of reminisce and catch up with people that come in. So, yeah, oh my that's God. my connection. That is an amazing connection. Brilliant. Wow. I'm, I'm kind of in shock here. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. Well, actually, I was um, so when we, we, we learned that you were coming on, and thank you again, Um, I had a quick look at the history of um, games between Carlton and South Melbourne slash Sydney and 231 games have been played between the two clubs or two and a half clubs uh, and Carlton winning 130 times, six draws and South Melbourne and Sydney winning 95 times. Um, The pre-1982 win rate for Carlton was 56%. Mm -hmm. And then from 1982 onwards, when our our bloods became the Sydney Swans, uh, we've played 62 games against each other and Sydney have won 36 times. Carlton 26 times. So that's a win rate of 42%. So I would say that it's better for the Blues if the Swans had a state in, Mel- in, in South Melbourne, but we might not have had the chance. To, naughty. We might not have had the chance to meet Brit. So we met yeah. you at round 11 this year at the SCG mm-hmm. um, when the Blues played the Bloods. And yeah, it, we got the chocolates that day, but um, our group were just all really stoked to meet you. And that's, that's our connection with you here tonight. So thank you again for coming on. 
great to be here. <laughs> awesome. All right, so move on. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, so we're going to kick off with the big four weekly questions. Remember, if uh, you'll both have 45 seconds to answer each question, um, and I'll give you a warning bell when you have five seconds to go that sounds like this. Everyone get that? Yep, mm -hmm. got it perfectly. Awesome. All right, so we're going to start with question one, and we'll kick off with Britt and then move to Chris, and I'll let you know how you're going on time. All right, question one. As a sport, are we too soft on racism? Okay, go for it, Britt. So I think this week um, really did it for me. Watching the video of Eddie Betts on AFL 360 um, was just utterly heartbreaking um, to see kind of that he's had to go through this so many times and we're still not learning is just so disappointing. Um, and I think as well, the onus is too often on our amazing Indigenous players to call this out, to educate, to even reach out and to forgive the players um, or, or kind of anyone who's um, being racist in their behaviour. So I think we, we do need to acknowledge that, yes, racism is entrenched within our society and some of the systems that we have in place in this country. But I think as a game, we have a platform and also responsibility to do better and to bring the community along with us on this journey. Um, but I think there's really no excuse in why people kind of aren't educated on this, particularly someone like Tex Walker, who was a captain, who was a former teammate of Eddie Betts. Um, and we need to do better. And I also do want to just pose a question about why do we need to be so divisive in kind of how we're dealing with other people? Yeah, great response. Yeah. Uh, Chris, over to you, and then we can have a general chat. Yeah, I, I think the, the general question, are we too soft and racist? I mean, if we're going to start, if we're going to start making some proper differences, we got to start by putting in some proper penalties. I mean, Tex Walker goes out, he gets six weeks for some racist taunts. Gaff got eight for punching someone in the head. Like at some point we need to start hammering people for the mistakes they're going to make. And that may be the only way they're going to learn. I mean, as, as Britt was saying, they've had all the training in the world. Tex has had all the training. He's been the captain of multiple Indigenous players um, during his time there. And he's still making these mistakes. I mean, I can only... You know, and, and having dealt with racism in my past, you feel helpless, you feel like a waste of space, you feel like your existence doesn't matter. It's painful. And watching Eddie Betts on his last legs to be in that much pain as he was, it's harmful for the whole football community. Having a good Eddie Betts in AFL is good for the sport. It's just good for Australia. So we need to start doing better. We genuinely do need to start doing something better. Definitely. I mean, Robbie Young was the target of, of uh, Taylor Walker's racism this time. And I think he, he wasn't even directed to him, you know, and I think a, a Crows official overheard him and reported him and rightly so. Mm -hmm. So like, how does a player who should know, absolutely know better, as you said, Britt, like should have, you know, he's a captain, he's a, he's a leader of a, of a community. And how is he thinking that that's okay under his breath? It's not. Mm -hmm. And you watch the video between Taylor Walker and Robbie Young and Robbie Young is like consoling him. And that's exactly what Eddie Betts and Tony Armstrong are saying. It's like, it's up to the indigenous people to be the victims and the healers. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I, I'm with you, Chris, eight weeks for a punch to the face should at least be 10 weeks for a racist comment. At least, yeah. at least. But, but it, it's really not our, our spot to call what it should be, but it seems uneven as just a, as a footy fan. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. So all right, thank you for listening to me, guys. All right, question two. Um, we're going to go with Chris first, 
and then move over to Britt. So question two, Mark Murphy, what a player? Question mark? Yes. Yeah, so sorry about the, 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 the way I phrased that. I did put the question mark there with a few dots before it. Um, let's, let's just lay out some of his achievements. Uh, he's about to play game 300. Um, and he's going to retire um, straight after that game. So um, great to see him come up with that 300. Good to see that happen. Um, and good to see the, the, the club uh, falling behind him as well. Um, unfortunately, he's not going to be wearing the blue. He's going to be wearing the white. Um, not that that really matters, of course, but just a bit of something there. Um, he was the Rising Star 2006, uh, AFLPA uh, Best New Player 2006, ex-captain for, what, four or five years off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> He, yeah, 2011, All-Australian, 2011, best player uh, in the game, uh, voted by his peers. So incredible career, like genuinely incredible career. Just unfortunate Carlton couldn't do more with him. It's just a bit sad that, um, that, that he finished his career uh, without any massive achievements, but he does, and he, he's going to definitely leave as a champion, no doubt. Mm. Over to you, Brett. Yeah, I think... Um... Obviously, he was drafted as one of the first of those three um, number one draft picks. So um, Murphy, Gibbs and Cruiser and um, came into Carlton with kind of the hopes of this um, kind of next phase in our rebuild um, on the shoulders. And he was like this future. Um, but I, I just think that kind of the time that he he started playing it at Carlton was really unfortunate in that, yeah, he didn't have that opportunity to shine and that often um, a lot of off-field stuff kind of got in the way of, of his performance. Um, but I think he's done an amazing um, job as a leader to steer the club and also the playing group through some of the off-field um, kind of issues that were happening. Um, and, yeah, I think he's he's going to be sorely missed. But I will just note that he has played some very good games in the white. Um, one in particular <laughs> is a, a, goal, uh, a goal to win it against Fremantle, which um, stands out in my mind. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. Nice. No, he's, he's silky smooth. And um, I think we we're chatting off air um, that a couple of these games that led to the 300 have been medical sub. I think you mentioned that, Chris, and we we're chatting before, Britt. Um, surely the player feels a bit disgruntled. Do you have any general... Um, positions on that, Britt? I mean, I still think it's so amazing to reach 300 games. Yeah. There's only five other people who've done it for Carlton. Mm. Um, and I don't think it's anything to kind of um, shy away from. So 300, 300 in my books. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I agree. All right. Question three. And we're going to go with Britt first, then over to Chris. Question three. Women in football. Give us your thoughts. Mm. So um, definitely on board with more involvement. Um, so I think I was saying to you guys earlier um, off, off air that um, I think in the AFL there's this inherent kind of um, prerequisite that you need to be a player um, to then be involved in coaching or, or the media because that's how you understand the game better. But this kind of approach that we have um, then generally excludes women due to our historic nature of, of our game. But I, I do hope that this is going to be shifting with the expansion of the AFLW to 18 teams and kind of seeing perhaps more female coaches getting involved with those teams would be a great step forward, but also extending to the, the coverage that we have and making sure that it is accessible for people to watch. And I think like pivoting away from football, but briefly looking at the Olympics and how the Australian women were standouts in Tokyo, we need to celebrate it, we need to give it that that airtime, the space that it deserves, not burying it in the back of um, 
the sports section. So making sure that it is equal um, so that people do feel um, like it's deserving of being there. I, uh, I let that one go because I, <laughs> I wanted to hear the full response. Thank you. <laughs> All right, over to you, Chris. Yeah, um, th- I think there, should need- there needs to be more women in football. It just makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of fans. And just as Britt's saying, I think she nails it. It's, if we're going to make all of this big deal about you have to be an ex-player in order to be a, a commentator or, or a coach, then this uh, having the AFLW with the 18 teams is going to do exactly that. So we start hopefully seeing some of the, the ties change and start seeing some more females in the media, uh, females in, uh, in coaching ranks. Um, like let's look let's look at it now we've got Nat Edwards um, afl.com.au how many times do you have to say that afl.com.au Nat Edwards great insight great personality um, very personable but also very her only her only problem is a Hawks fan she's a Hawks fan well that's that I'm okay (laughs) because she doesn't she doesn't burn it on onto us all the time Um, she's probably the best sports journalist slash presenter in 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 any sport in australia i'd say that's that's full stop men or women i think she's very 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 good at what she does daisy pierce is an excellent excellent um uh presenter and a a color analyst and and everything when the football is being played and you have to also remember she's a modern player she understands the modern game we're talking about guys who are commentating the football that I used to play 30 years ago and they're well past it. Why are we even listening to her? Bring on Daisy Pierce. We need her more. And Kara Wilson, journalist, easy to hate her when she's smashing your team. More times than not, she's probably right and she's well-respected in her field. So three prominent females in the game. We need a lot more and I think that will come every time. Yeah, nailed it, guys. I Yeah, I would much rather listen to Daisy Pierce commentate a game than uh, BT and and mm. JB and all these bloody and you know, that they ex- only get time for special comments or yeah. crossing to the boundary to Abby Holmes. Abby Holmes, right. yeah, she's great as well. Gives them more time to actually call it because um, yeah. they do have those insights. Absolutely, yeah, completely agree. And we we're talking off air about Kelly um, under, Underwood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so and like and just that game against the Dockers when Heaney took that screamer and she just called it so well. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be one of the clips of the year. Hey, I just thought, yeah, it was unreal. So, yeah, fully agree with everything you said. And um, I'm, I'm personally stoked that the Swannies have got an AFLW mm-hmm. team now. The yep. Blues have had one in, I think, since the beginning. The start. I went to the yep. first the first game against Collingwood at oh, Princess wow. Park. Oh, awesome. It was who, amazing. Who, who won? Oh, Don't do I that. think it was Blues. <laughs> it has to, it had to have been. Yeah. <laughs> against the old foes. Um, yeah. All right, that's, that's awesome. All right, guys, let's move on to question four. Um, question four, and we'll go with Chris and then finish up with Britt. Uh, Sam Walsh, Harry Mackay, and Charlie Kerno. Excited about the future? Yeah, I think the Blues should be very excited. I mean, you've got three players at incredibly important positions. Um, they're all young. They're all very, very, very good. Um, any of those players, you might find that the majority of teams in the AFL would happily trade out their first pick for any one of those players immediately. And I guess that goes to show how good they really, really are. They are very, very, very good players. Now, are they going to stick it out? Um, I don't think the players are the problem at the at Carlton. I think the board's the bigger part of the, the problem. And I think you need someone to come in here and just kind of level out some kind of consistency amongst uh, the playing group and the coaching ranks and everything to start getting the best out of the Carlton. So 
Uh, I think they're a great team. I think they actually are lined up to maybe have a pretty good crack in a few years. And hey, look at Richmond a few years ago. They were in a pretty bad spot and they turned it around incredibly after hooking up with a couple of really good players. So maybe this might be the changing point for them. Yep. Over to you, Britt. Um, I just love watching them play. I think Sam Walsh has this amazing hunger for the ball, um, but his work rate off the ball is just insane. Um, when you go and watch him at the MCG, it's great to sometimes sit up high and actually just see how much of the ground he really does cover. But he has this ability to bring his teammates into the game and be a game changer with kicking goals to sway momentum. So I think we saw that against Collingwood a few weeks ago. And then Harry and Charlie, it's so great to see them playing together at last, this double attack, Mm -hmm. one being able to push up the ground, one being able to stay in the 50 and kind of have that one-on-one contest, I think is really exciting. But we also kind of forget that um, Jacob Wiedering is a similar age. We often kind of think that he's much older, but he's um, kind of still around this playing group. So I think it is really exciting. Um, And I do just hope that like the return from injury, I think all three of them have kind of faced injury in the last two weeks, if not um, kind of short periods. So hopefully they can stick it out and and get some games together and kind of build that um, kind of culture. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, th- I absolutely think the future is bright for the Blues, um, mm-hmm. for, for all these players that we've just mentioned. And if they can get those that second tier um, mm-hmm. of the, the role players, or there's actually like a bunch of first round um, draft pick players in, in, in the Blues, like Lockie O'Brien, mm-hmm. Paddy Dow. Um, I know Silvani wasn't a first round, but he's, he would form a nice combo down the front mm-hmm. with Harry and Charlie. Um, that goal from Charlie in his first game back. Yeah. That one, one step, step. from the 55 Insane. and just booted it through. Yeah. You're that's reminded of his talent. Right yeah, it's just yeah. to burn. Some of the best marks I've ever seen are done by him. I think he had mm-hmm. two of them in that um, year where he had his breakout and I was just like, this guy can play. Just pure so, athletic talent. Yes. Yeah. 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 So obviously that's very tragic that he's had such a, a run out, uh, sorry, a timeout with all, with all the injuries. So yeah, look, we're, we're hopeful like as, a, as footy fans that the Blues can get it together. Lastly, obviously Teague, the Teague train mm-hmm. maybe be derailed shortly, but um, as a, as a blues fan, just a quick thought on that. I, I truly hope he isn't. Um, I do love being on board the Teague train. Um, I think, yeah, giving some more time for this group with people coming back into the team um, and another kind of off season and a season that isn't interrupted by COVID, I think would be really um, beneficial for the, for a young group. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I, I think it's it's the time is at its very darkest for for Carlton right now. I think um, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff to come out of this. And I, I yeah, I'm with Brit. He's hoping that they stay aboard the t- the T train. Um, I think it's going to end up in a good place. So we'll see. Absolutely. Well, guys, that's it for today. A massive thank uh, thanks to Brit for those awesome answers. I've got one last one, and it's a mm-hmm. little bit little bit cheeky. Britt, what would it take you take for you to barrack for the Swans over the Blues? I mean, as much as my grandpa would hate me to say this, the Premiership didn't do it and a move to Sydney <laughs> didn't either. So I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, then you're a, you're a blue bagger through and through. All right, well played. I like that. Awesome. Over to you, Christo. <laughs> yeah, look, I just wanted to say AFLW, the Swans are in. Let's give that a big applause. Awesome stuff. I'm looking forward to that. So we want to... Cheer that as much as we can. And um, 
In terms of the podcast, please follow us on Instagram. We do some pretty hilarious stuff, if I say so myself. And if you're tuning in from home, make sure you send it through your questions through Instagram, through Facebook, or however you would see this. Uh, we'll get them for sure. Send them through. Awesome. And remember, if you enjoyed this, but find yourself craving even more Swanee's content, make sure to check out A Bevy of Bloods, in which another mate, Steve-O, and I do an in-depth review of the Swans' last game, the Swans' next game, and have a bit of a chat about footy too. You can find us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as on our socials at A Bevy of Bloods. Oh, over here, we're going to pass over to Britt to send us off. Oh, was it Go Blues? (laughs) Well, it has to be. Yeah. (laughs) So you go, you say Go Blues, and then we'll cheer on the Swannies. Okay. Go Blues. Go the Swannies. Up the Swannies. Woo.